Should we stand up and do some star jumps? No, we're all right. I was seven years old when Star Wars A New Hope, which we now know as Episode 4, came out. And I, along with many, many people, was very excited to go and see this sensation that it was. This new kind of thing that was going to be on our screens, that we hadn't seen things like this before. And we got there and I was kind of hassling my brother because any of you that might know me a little bit might know that um, if I'm coming to something, I will come 15, 20, 30 minutes early. Um, and so we got there nice and early because well, we had to get there early to get good seats. And so we're lining up, queuing up to get our tickets, to get our seats. And the excitement's building and we get in there and we get into the cinema and, oh, where do we sit? Where do we sit? Oh, this looks like the best seat. And we sat there and then the film started and we have that scrolling text going over our heads through the sky. And that was a new thing. And then we had these ships in space shooting these laser kind of beams at each other. And that was new. And then the big ship sort of sucked the smaller ship in and then we had this music start and this strange breathing noise and all of the rebel fighters were squatting down in the ship with their guns ready facing this door and then this door opened and this black clad figure that didn't look like a human being and had this mask and we couldn't see eyes or mouth or ears or anything and came in with this incredible aura and this incredible power couldn't be killed and everyone else is kind of dying seven-year-old me was scared very very scared and i just let you in on a little secret that just will keep to under the tree today and it won't go beyond these doors. That even today, when I watch that opening sequence of Star Wars, I tremble. I even once looked away because I couldn't watch it. I was still scared. And I think when we read in Proverbs, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, we tend to think of fear like that. It's a negative thing. It's fear of being hurt in some way by someone or something. I want to ask you to work with me today to try and put that understanding of fear to the side for the moment. That's going to be hard to do because when I use the word fear from now on, our brains will often go back to that. Can we work hard together to try and think, is there another way that we can see fear? Let me try and illustrate it for you. I, during the 1980s, the late 1980s, I was a mad Eurythmics fan. Now, some of you might sit there thinking, what on earth is that, Tim? Is that, it's a band. Uh, it was Annie Lennox and Dave Stewart, and they sang lots of pop songs, I think we called them. Um, and I was 
I was a bit of a fanatic. I even camped out overnight to get tickets to their concert. I was second in line. The person in front of me was had been there the whole week. They really overestimated how popular they were. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> um, and I also, that at that time, back before electricity, no, no, uh, at that time... You, Music came out on records. They're kind of vinyls, we call them. And they released songs. They didn't stream them on the internet or anything. They released songs on a, a single so that you would have that on a, a smaller, rare version of the record. And one song that was very popular from the Eurythmics, they brought out on four different coloured vinyl. So I went anywhere I went around Australia, and I even went overseas, I would go to secondhand record stores to find these four coloured vinyls. And at, one, at a stage I got there and I managed to buy all four coloured vinyl of this song because I was pretty keen. But then I started work at Kmart in Greensboro. I was in the toy department. It was awesome. Um, and I met a colleague there who took fanaticism to another level again. He had bought two safes. Because, of course, you need two safes, not just one. That wouldn't be enough. And you need safes because you've got to keep your records in the safe because everyone is trying to get these Eurythmics records. But anyway, he bought two safes. And he had... So what you did was he would take the vinyl out of the cardboard case, keep the vinyl in one safe stored very carefully, and keep the cardboard covers in another safe kept very, very carefully. Because, of course, you can't stack the vinyl records with the record in the cardboard case on top of each other because then you get the coffee ring stain. It just stains in a circle. It pushes down and that distorts the cardboard case. And that would be awful. How could you do that? So he had to have two, two safes. And then just before the concert, he rang me and he said, Oh, look, I got Annie Lennox's autograph. I said, yeah, great. Why is that so spectacular? Because you could go to a shop and buy a print of her autograph. And he said, well, I actually spent a bit of time and I found out where she was staying, what hotel she was staying in. And then I went to the hotel and I was chatting to some of the portering staff down the front and I found out what room she was staying in. So I went to the elevator and I pushed the button and I got off on her floor and I went up to the door and I stopped for a moment and thought, what am I doing here? Oh, I'll just knock anyway. And so I, he knocked and he heard the noise coming from the other side of the door. Someone came to open the door and blow me down and he Lennox answered the door. It wasn't a security guard or a minder or anything like that. And Lennox was standing there in front of him. And he sort of, um, can I have your autograph? Because he'd bought pen and paper for the purpose. And she, of course, gave him her autograph. And then he like, um, um, okay, and he left. Because he was fearful of embarrassing or harming or hurting in some way the person that he idolised the most in the world. That is 
a little bit closer, a lot closer, to our understanding of what the word fear means in the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And I think there's three ways that we can see that in relation to God. One is that we can have this thing, and maybe the word fear is not the best word to use because we still have that other idea in our head. But God's awesome power. We stand in amazement and awe and worship at God's incredible power. And secondly, God's magnificent love. No matter what you and I have done, thought, what we are maybe going to do at some later stage in our life, no matter how bad we might think that is, God loves us. And that is beyond belief in a way. That is fear. And a third way is, I think if we're honest with ourselves, we like the idea of being in control in our lives, of making decisions and doing things. The idea of relinquishing control completely is scary. But that's what God asks us to do. To give God total control. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Not how do I get wisdom? That's probably not the right question in some respects. It's how do I live in this kind of worship and awe and majesty of God. But what is wisdom? It's been variously described, but I think two ways that I found quite helpful are it is competence with regard to how life really works. It's the ability to get on in our day and live our day with regard to how life really works. Or another way that we could say is it's an ability to make decisions to live life. And we do make lots and lots of decisions. If you just think from the moment you woke up to this moment of today, how many decisions you've actually made when you woke up. Do I get up? Do I sleep in a bit longer? Do I get up and have a coffee? Is that the right thing? Is that the best thing for me to do this morning? Do I get up and have some breakfast? Do I get up and go for a bike ride, get some exercise? Or you younger members of our audience, do I get up and get some breakfast for mum and dad and I take some breakfast in bed to them? Once you've got up, do I have a shower, then breakfast? What am I going to have for breakfast? Then what time do we need to plan to leave to get to NCR in time? How are we going to get everyone organised to get there in time? When you get here, where do I park? 
Then when you're coming in, who do I go to to get a name badge? There's a couple of options there. Then what do I do? Oh, I'm going to be sitting out under the tree. Do I want to get into a nice shady spot because it's so hot? Or do I sit out in the sun because it's, well, there's no sun. Um, do I sit, where do I sit? Do I want to sit up the front so that I can take in every word that Tim says? Or do I want to sit up the back and kind of hide behind the tree there in case Tim might ask us a question and then I can hide behind that? Or at another level, this afternoon you're going to an auction. Do I bid? How much do I bid? What's my limit? How do I bid? Is this the right house? Is this where we should live? Is this the right neighbourhood? Or tomorrow, you've got two job interviews. Which one should I take if I get offered both? Is that the right job for me? Or at another level again, dear colleague of ours, his brother and sister and their three kids were in a terrible car accident just before Christmas. The result is that the mother and wife suffered some spinal injuries, some significant spinal injuries. And the latest report is that she will not walk again. And that potentially her arms will be very, very limited if not, not usable at all. How do they, as a family, as individuals, live life as it really is? How do they go on? Do we see examples of this idea of the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom in other places in the Bible? A bit later on in Proverbs chapter 3, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. Or lean not on your own understanding first, and then in all your ways, acknowledge him. He will make your paths straight. There's four lines there, and three of those lines are about God, who God is, and our total giving over to God, worship and awe and majesty. And then the fourth line is, and God will make your path straight. The gift will come from God. But the first three lines are about our posture, our perspective, our relationship to God. Or in the New Testament, in the the stories of Jesus' life, which we call the Gospels. At one point, Jesus' followers asked Jesus, how should we pray? And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Not, oh God, give me this. Oh God, what's this? How do I do this? God, please help me with this. Our Father. Now, Father can be a difficult word for many of us, but it's really the essence is our perfect, loving parent. We start with acknowledgement of God and God's majesty and who God is. 
in heaven, the sense of whatever your perspective, whatever your thoughts are of what heaven is, the idea is that it's God's rightful place. It's God's palace. It's where God rules from. Again, difficult words. Sometimes we don't like the word rule because it sounds oppressive. Hallowed be your name. Again, another word that we do not use in our day-to-day living. But it has that sense of may your name be praised and worshipped. May you idolise God more so than you idolise Annie Lennox, Tim. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. What is wisdom? The ability to make decisions in everyday life and to live your life to the full. It starts with our proper posture before God in worship and awe of God's majesty, God's great love and the fact that we can relinquish control to God because God has our best interests at heart. Can I encourage you in the coming week to read the conclusion of the book of Proverbs. In chapter 31, verse 10 to 31, it has an incredible story and an incredible conclusion. Why is it incredible? Because it's about a woman that does some incredibly magnificent things. And that is unusual for us in our Bibles because the stories were written in a culture that is very different to our own and where males were the ones that did the things, did everything. So this is meant to stop and make us think, wow, this is talking about something that's very different. And it says towards the end that she feared God. We could look at her story and say, that's what wisdom can look like. As we posture ourselves before God, in worship, awe and majesty and receive God's magnificent love for us. Thanks.